Tgrass is a tournament organizer that is currently running some of the best online brackets you've ever seen. His long-running series, Guilty Grassroots, has some fierce competition. I felt like this was a great time to get a tournament organizer's perspective on all things fighting games. In this episode, we talk about how Tgrass started hosting tournaments, the future of the scene, and why melee is devastating to your hands. All of this and more on The Cross Up. Hello everyone, welcome to The Cross Up. I'm joined here with Tgrass. Tgrass, how are you doing, man? What is good? It's a long time coming. I'm doing well. What's up, Lumi? How are you? You love to see you. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm doing good as well. Thank you for asking. No problem. So let's get right into it. The first question I ask, a cross-up tradition, okay? Mm -hmm. What does the name Tgrass mean to you specifically? Uh, hmm. I, you know, I've watched a lot of episodes, but I don't really actually have an answer. Um, the name Tgrass means, uh... I don't know, I guess when people think of my name, I would think of like a tournament series and the name Tgrass itself is very literal. It's literally just my first name, Tom. My last name has the word grass in it, Tgrass. But I feel like people think of me, or I guess when they think of my name, they think of like, hey, it's the tournament guy. Sure, yeah, <laughs> Mr. T.O. man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, T.O. Grass. Yeah. So, okay. But how exactly did you come up with the name T-Grass? Uh, I men you mentioned that there was your name involved. Right, yeah. Is there uh, any more to I, it? I started playing Super Smash Bros. Melee competitively in January of 2014 or January of 2015 is when I started actually going to locals after practicing for a while. And like... Bro, every online username I've ever had has been so cringe. <laughs> it's been so cringe and I hate them. Yeah. And I was like, I want to make something that's like way less like exit, less like dark stalker XX. I got to put, un put you on the hot seat for a second. Can you give me an example. Was it like how how bad? Uh, I've had like I've had usernames before that were like you know, like Deathstroke and some numbers. Uh, okay. My Xbox Live <laughs> gamer tag was like Dangerous One, but my dad made that for me when I was like thirteen or fourteen when okay. I we got a second Xbox. But I never really picked online usernames, and the pro like I was like really getting into everything then. Like I had just got a Discord and everything. And like, I didn't know any of the stuff I wanted to do. And I was like, I have to pick a name right now. And I was like, what's easy? I was just like, my brother, I kind of stole from my brother because he picked like, he started making usernames that are like the grassy one or something like that, or like in the grass, stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I could, I could take the grass thing. And then I was like okay. messing around with it and kind of just settled with T grass and then lowercase T capital G looked cool. And I was like, all right, we're there. Cause that's simple and easy. And I don't really care if people call me by my gamer name. You can call me by my real first name anyways. Sure, yeah. Uh, interesting story. And, you know, was it intentional? Because, you know, there's a lot of talk in the fighting game community about keeping the grassroots alive. Was that intentional at all? Or did it just work At out? first, it wasn't. Um, but then I started, like, running. I went from going to tournaments to running tournaments. And, like... Uh, it kind of just like perfectly worked there. Like I didn't really know what like grassroots tournaments meant at first, which was funny. And then uh, it kind of just worked out. And then you know we ended up I ended up making my own online tournament series, and we were like, oh, I'm just gonna call it grassroots because it's like a pun in a pun on a pun inside right. of another pun. And uh, it kind of just stuck. It's a very easy name, very flexible name. 
we'd love to see it when stuff just worked out like that. Yeah, it was like, oh, what are we gonna name the tournament series? I could name it like the Dragon Ball Online East Coast, blah blah blah. <laughs> I was like, let's just make it grassroots. Yeah. It's a grassroots tournament ran by the grass guy. It's, everybody remember it. So, uh, I guess would you say that keeping it grassroots is a part of your brand, or is that more or less just the naming convention? It kind of is because uh, I like being authentic, especially in things I present for other people. I think uh, I kind of think that tournaments are like a service for the community. So like I want them to be as authentic as possible uh, because, you know, I, I've been in the scene now like eight years, uh, <laughs> yeah, eight years. And uh, I've seen a lot of things come into the scene where it's kind of just like, oh, outside companies like, oh, fighting game tournaments and everything is very easy. Let's just throw money and be super like bullshit about it. And it never works out. So I think a real serious level of authenticity goes a long way. I never have accepted anything. I've had some offers, but I've never accepted anything that was too big for something or something that I feel like would take advantage of people that I'm providing a service for. So I guess... It started out as a name, but it kind of is like an ideology at the same time. Sure. Yeah, I, I can clearly see that from the content you make. You know, I almost did sort of like an on-site sort of deal when I was actually working with you at least once for uh, Guilty Grassroots. Honestly, right. just to see how it's run. And I got to say, we'll get into that a little later. But uh, you run a tight ship, I gotta say. Uh, and yeah, I, I think uh, running tournaments is a lot of really shittily run tournaments, to be completely honest. And like, I really think about it from a player perspective, because you know, as far as a TO, I also have joined my own tournament, joined tournaments. And like, if things aren't run the right way, or things are like a, a pain in the ass on my end, like I want to get rid of as much of that as possible, because nobody likes to wait. You know, everyone likes things to flow. I don't like keeping people all night. Like the stream and everything that comes along with it like i just want to keep everything flowing if it's good for people watching and it's good for the players and it's easy for the tos and everybody's happy and nobody can complain so i want to rewind a little bit because you know we're talking about the t and t grass spent some time as a melee player right you know the cast of melee can be you know kind of do some crazy stuff there's a lot of right. crazy stuff in that game is there a particular character that you saw in bracket that you would just want to spike your controller uh yeah dude i fucking hate chic i hate i've never played i hate chic players i hate chic players <laughs> with a passion everyone, everyone. like all <laughs> you can be the nicest person on the planet you literally like give me a hundred dollars like uh, after we play a set and like i could not care because you play chic i have always struggled <laughs> against that character and uh i never liked playing chics i oh, i tried playing like eight different characters to try and play against chic players and like it was just always it was always a shit show is there a particular reason as to why you don't like chic chic is a chic is like melee karen okay from street fighter 5 yeah, Shriek is melee Karen. Like, Sheik plays kind of defensive, wants to get you in, like, throws and make you play. Like, you have to, like, use your different, like, wake up and defensive options to get out of, like, the throw tech chase kind of situation. And Sheik is very defensive. Like, you jump in on Sheik, you get forward tilted. It's almost like a true anti-air in that game. Or, like, you try and come down on them, they up tilt you and, like, have really solid close mid-range buttons. Like, they struggle from long range, Sheik, because, like, everything else there is committal. But uh, when you when I played a lot of characters that were very aggressive and a lot of the ways I played the game were very aggressive. So like I almost was like perfect. To, like I was like the weak. I was meant to be weak against Sheik. She, she's such a bait heavy character. Mm. And uh, man, I hate that character. <laughs> I hate that character so much. I'm, I'm 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 trying to game. Like I'm trying to 
I like I'm just trying to do cool shit and game. Like I'm trying to do something that someone who's watching, if someone happens to be watching the set, be like, that thing you did, that was sick. I didn't pay sixty dollars to block. Is exactly, bro. Especially in melee, it's like that. Especially when you know I played a character with a frame one invincible wake up. Like, you know, I'm uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hitting the buttons. That's it. I'm starting to see like a pattern with the characters that you pick. There's usually some sort of strong wake up option. <laughs> yeah, I, I like strong wake up options uh, on characters. Um, yeah, I try not to overly use them, but like in a game like Melee, where like you can get hit as you get up, like having a frame one uh, invincible move was very, very strong. Plus, like those characters go fast, and that's yeah. why I, I was trying to go fast. Gotta go fast, gotta go fast. Yeah. Also, uh, how are your hands doing after like all that melee? Did you come up with any You know, it's funny. Damage? I actually had some hand pain for a few years, uh, mostly when I played Fox. But uh, also the problem is that I have like gamer hand when I play melee is that I like grip the controller super tight and I play and I squeeze super hard. And like I have like pr I have big palms and small fingers, which is like really weird for hands. Um, so like uh, my hands are like so wrapped around the controller that it was kind of a pain. Like I would get like weird pains like back here and like mm -hmm. over here in my hands from just like grabbing everything so hard uh, for such long as time. Because like I'll play fighting games for a few hours, but like there were legit days where like I would go over to my friend's house and we would play melee for like fourteen hours straight That's and just right. stop to eat. <laughs> yeah, it's such a fun it's such a fun game to practice. That's awesome, dude. And, you know, you were talking about sort of uh, your origin in the scene. You said that Melee was like your game. Yeah. How exactly do you transition from competing in Melee to helping run and then running your own uh, tournaments? Um, I, I, Melee is my, my intro into competitive fighting games, but... Sure. Uh, I have like a weird thing with it because I always played fighting games growing up playing with my cousin, my brother, some of my brother's friends, like not a lot of my friends really played fighting games, but I always liked to play them. Um, but I, I always knew that my birthday's in July and Evo used to be every July on my birthday weekend. And I had no idea what Evo was or anything was like that. But every weekend of my birthday each year, I would look on Twitch for Melee to be being played because I thought it was cool and would watch that. But then I ended up watching like other stuff like I didn't know at the time, but I was watching Guilty Gear. I was watching Street Fighter 4. I was watching stuff like that. And uh, it kind of like I always thought those things are cool, but like I didn't own a PlayStation 3 or a PlayStation 4 uh, or I didn't play on my PlayStation 4. And uh, you know, I, I wasn't really focused on playing those games because, again, none of my friends played those games. But um, you know, I got into Smash just because it was so easy and accessible, and everyone's like, "I played Smash as a kid." And I went to my local, uh, and the guy who was the TO, we ended up like staying past when everything was closed. Who I actually literally went to his wedding like two months ago. Um, he kind of just went to there and uh, he was really big into Project M. My scene was really big into Project M. And he was like, I'll teach you guys how to play the game. And I was like, you know, it's kind of fun to like run these things. I liked like taking the lead and like doing that kind of stuff, like very naturally. Mm -hmm. And it went from like just hanging out and helping out to being like approached one day, me, him being like, 
hey, so like I we're gonna making the thing a little bigger and we're going to a new venue. So like we need more people. Do you want to be a TO? And I was like, yes, sure. Like I also like I don't have to pay venue when I come in. Absolutely. I was already doing I was already helping out. So, you know, <laughs> save me an extra five, ten bucks every week, especially because I was in high school and I worked like a really shitty job. Yeah. Uh, I was like, absolutely. I'll save every dollar I can. I think I was making like $12 an hour, if that. And I was that's like, right. that's like, that's like half an hour right there, man. That's like a full day's hour as a, as an entrance into a melee tournament. I'll save what I can. Yeah. When I was working in high school, I was completely relying on tips. So inconsistent. Dude, I worked at Firehouse Subs, which is basically uh, like, for okay. people who don't know, pretty much like a, a Jimmy John's or like, a, what's the other one? Way better subway yeah more people work at that kind of thing it's like a hot sandwich place but like dude that shit sucked <laughs> that shit sucked i think about it all the time like yeah why was i doing that i'm not shit a big sucked. food industry guy myself i mean i was a processor. i was a pizza delivery guy i i worked food industry because it was my like first real job but like i have one at one time in my life a few years ago i was like i could work food service again i went back to a job for like two weeks and i was like i fucking hate this i don't know how i ever did this i hate this so much i have to get away from this like now mm. like you smell like the food when you get home and you get nauseous around it and everything like nah i was i was good on that working at a pizzeria almost ruined pizza for me it's like Kind of mind-boggling as a New Yorker. I'm sure you can. Dude, well. <laughs> dude, I don't know what it is. I, I could. I work right next to a pizzeria, and I eat lunch there like almost every day now. Just like grab like a slice or whatever. But like, I don't know what it is. A pizza, it can't be ruined for me. It's Definitely. good every time. Every <laughs> time, like you can get a regular slice every day, and that shit could taste a little bit different, and you can eat it a little different, and like it always is just a good time. I always. I can talk about pizza forever. You. Yeah, we can get nerdy with this because it's modular, yeah. bro. Like you could put the toppings. Oh, Bro, yeah, like... <laughs> every every slice and how you approach it is what changes about pizza. And you can go to a pizzeria and get not even pizza. You can get like pasta or a pinwheel or a calzone or a chicken this or a hero. You know, there's so many options. Like pizza isn't a one-dimensional food, all right? Absolutely. We're approaching the pizzeria iceberg, so I want to like veer off. <laughs> yeah, we, right, right, right. We get a Titanic situation going here. But looking back at all of this stuff. Like, would you ever think you would be in the position that you were in right now? Uh, I mean, I don't personally think I'm in, like, a giant position. Some people are like, oh, you're such a big part of the insert community here, or you were such a big part of insert community there. And, like, I don't know. I kind of just, like, 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 hosting things for players because, like, I just always appreciated people who did it for me, so I wanted to do it for more people. And, uh... As far as like content creation goes, like, do I ever think I'd be in this position? <sighs> it's hard to say because, like, uh, genuinely, uh, it's like my dream to be a content creator. Like, I grew up in early high school watching Rooster Teeth and Achievement Hunter every day. Like, uh, when I was in high school, like, I literally told people, like, I want to be Ray Navarre's Jr. when I grow up because he does exactly what I do, uh, what I want to do. He just does cool stuff and he's funny and has a good time. I, I could totally relate to that. I, I always wanted to do you. It was always like some I, sort of inachievable dream. Yeah. And, and like everyone, like people, I feel like our age are a little bit different than people who now, because everyone has an iPhone, you can do everything like super easy and like whatever. But like, yo, I owned a hop hog HD PVR. What the fuck I you know too. about that? Yes. What the fuck you know about that? Yes. 
I was talking to the guy. I bought it at PAX East. I bought it at PAX East, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, so, like, into gaming? Like, are you actually into gaming? Like, what do you do? Like, COD? And I was like, no, I was going to record, like, Dark Souls videos. And he was like, oh, whoa. Like, so, back then, when Dark Souls was like, was like, shh, don't talk about it. Like, Souls is crazy hard. You know, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Memed on. But, yeah, I remember my first couple of videos just being like Dark Souls. Oh my god. Dude, if like, I, I wanted to post for so long, and like, I still have this fear now, and we've talked about it in private before, but about like, fear of posting and not like, getting like the, you know, recognition you think something deserves, or like, having someone hate on something that you put a lot of time and effort into, but like, at the same time, like, I don't know, when I got the, like, a computer finally, because I never had a computer really until like, late high school, and I had like, like, the most like my friends were giving me parts that were like half broken out of their computers and my shit would blue screen <laughs> once a week but it was a working computer mm-hmm. it was a desktop like i was like as soon as i can figure out how to like make videos and stuff like that like there was like a 50 50 shot if my computer would crash during rendering a video and i was just trying to put something out there was it good no but it was stuff that didn't exist and like i felt like accomplished doing it and uh you know, I always wanted to stream too, and like my computer would just die when I did stuff like that. But like, I just, I just wanted it. I wanted it so bad. So I just tried to make it happen. So Tgrass, you started your YouTube channel uh, a little over a year ago, if I'm not mistaken. And for those of you that are new and not aware, uh, why don't you kind of sell them, give them a pitch on what exactly your channel is about? Um, I'd like to say that my channel has gone through seasons. It's, uh, it's very, I feel like it's very few steps past the prototype phase of where it was. Um, I really, I've been posting on YouTube since 2014, but like you will never find any of that stuff unless you have very, very unlisted links that only very certain people will have inside very certain communities that I won't say because I don't want people to see them. Um, but, uh, the elevator pitch, I guess, for my YouTube channel going forward, I would like to say is the O2ers podcast is like the main thing I really like to do. Uh, it's been cool. Me and KRC Pinto kicking it. Um, I want to do more uh, video essay stuff. And that's like I've done one or two in the past and they've been interesting. And I kind of just want to make videos celebrating the community and the games that we all play and stuff like that. But I think in the past, most of my content has been a lot of educational stuff. I think find myself to be a pretty decent teacher when it comes to stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of stuff based around tournaments and matches and a little bit of storytelling in there. But, you know, I feel like I'm starting to really create my mold of what I want to be. It's kind of just putting pen to paper right now is, is the part where I'm at. I think that's the perfect way. Very well said, because, you know, as I was kind of looking through the catalog for this interview, I kind of realized that there's ideas that may stick, ideas that might go, but you're you're kind of growing. And I guess the audience watching, uh, you get to kind of just see in real time Tigras sort of evolve his company, which is super exciting to see. Yeah, it's it's been. I think saying things in seasons has definitely been a thing. It's like uh, to, to start it. it to start as a creator. Like I don't know, like you don't know what to post, but you're gonna post something, and you're like, oh, this does well, but I don't really like making this. But this doesn't do that well, but I really like making this. But there's somewhat of an audience here for that. Like, what if I refine this and work towards it? Can I change the audience? Can I grow that audience? Does that audience exist, but I haven't reached them yet? 
like there's a lot of variables in it and like you know when it comes to something specifically like youtube like i love the site but man can you feel very lost in the algorithm like you can feel like i put so much time and effort and people will say like if there's good content people will find it and you're like i just don't know where i missed the mark here you know or like you'll have a video where you're like this is a throwaway and you're like why does it have ten thousand views i don't understand this is why yeah, like, i think comments are very important a like and a subscribe is perfectly fine but if yeah. someone shares their thoughts on a video and takes the time out of their day to explain I agree. either what worked or what didn't work respectfully that's invaluable it, it really is like uh you know i had that video essay i posted on tiktok that was like an older video and then i was like so upset it didn't get the views it wanted i had so many people like dming me and commenting on tiktok commenting on youtube being like this is amazing like i can't believe this has no views why does this not have enough views like this is such a good video and i'm you know like people when you leave a comment like that especially on someone who's a smaller creator i would say someone like ten thousand subs or less uh like they will look at your comment that yes. person is nearly guaranteed to at least take a peek they may not heart it they may not like it they may not reply it but those words are being read that is in their brain and like that is like the best feedback you can give someone is to like land on a video and like watch it all the way through or watch part of it and being like, I really like this part. Or it's like, I like this idea, but I wasn't too keen on this part later on because of this reason. Like that is so invaluable. It's, it's a resource that like you literally have to, I guess, like earn from people, but people don't really make comments on YouTube videos anymore. But I, I don't know that when you when you hit like a comment and someone's like dude i love this video i'm so happy it got recommended to me you're like i i'm doing something right yeah like, clearly there's there's like this guy's speaking for more people you know like there's enough people watching this but this guy took or this guy or girl like took their time out of their day to be like this is great and i like this thing so you should keep doing this thing and it's like people like the video like the comment and you're like oh there's like a community behind that not everyone's passionate enough to speak their voice but there are people that agree with the opinion sure and you know i think we can even break that down further into what you said is that person right i think it's more apparent when you leave a comment that that is a person as right opposed to a number like a like mm -hmm. or subscriber, right? i agree yeah you get a username and you get to see like you know like i've done it before if someone like has commented on multiple videos or like left like a really really heartfelt comment on the video i'll look through their youtube channel if they have like public things available like oh do they create content or oh, what are the things they like who are they subscribed to it's like i've had people who have like barely watched fighting games like sub to me maximilian and like jm crofts and i'm like my name is next to those two people that's crazy like wow what what like, i must be doing something really right if my name is next to those people if i've earned the sub from someone who only likes these specific things in the community 100 percent, 100 percent. now let me ask you this how was that because we talked about sort of like your seasons how was that journey like for you did you you want to highlight any like ups downs or any revelations you had during that journey during those seasons you know there was like a weird era during the middle of dragon ball where everyone was just posting gameplay of like you know like me versus like player in the community that's when people know and like doing really well with it and i was posting similar stuff to that and like not doing well with it and i was just like what am i doing wrong and then i was like posting some videos where it's like me playing ranked but it's like telling a story while i play ranked and like 
you know, I talked about like, you know, there's a video on my YouTube channel called like Master Chief was my college professor where I tell a story about one of my college professor while I play Dragon Ball, which I liked stuff like that. But like, I didn't, I realized at some point that like, I don't care to upload ranked unless the things that are happening outside the game are so funny. Like if like myself, you, Phil, Floki, like jumped on some four player game and played it and like you know whatever we played super serious like that would be boring but if the four of us are just like ripping into each other and having a good time i'd yeah. feel more likely to post something like that because like there is something more than like the the let's play part of it like something that's important watch. to it yeah it's something i would watch like i would watch like four friends play a game like i find it very similar to something like yo video games where it's like i don't really care if they play like NBA Street or whatever, or if they play Mario Party, but like when they, you know, when one of them wins and they start screaming at the top of their lungs and the other ones run out of the room, I think that shit's so funny and like mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like the interaction is what I care about more than I care about like whatever they're playing with. It's like Monster Hunter or Dragon Ball or Tekken or whatever it is. Totally. So content creation has been a little serious for you. You have that podcast with KRC Pinto called The O2ers. I heard from a birdie that he has you waking up at ungodly hours <laughs> to record. So, curious, have you performed any sort of morning routines or rituals to help you get in the zone for the Overtours podcast? Or do you just kind of go right in cold turkey? Um, I find myself to be a person that if I think about something a lot, I either fabricate what I'm supposed to do and it's not authentic or it's not what I want it to be, where I'm way better, where it's just like, we're going to do the podcast, hit the start button, and we're like, what's the topic? Oh, we're talking about Street Fighter. Let's just, what what's going to pop into my brain? Like, we're going to talk about it, that kind of thing. Uh, it's kind of been the way I've... Uh, felt success is not by being super uh like routine based or anything like that like i say like i really would like to be on a routine but if it's too strict i will like get in my own head about things but uh as far as the o2ers go there have been days where like he's like yeah we gotta record like 7 30 in the morning on saturday and i'm like all right i roll out of bed at 7 15 wash my hair grab a cup of coffee and let's fucking do the thing let's just like run it up like i was like i'd rather just like record and wake up mid-episode than uh you know uh then never get the episode out and record it like i'll make the sacrifice or like there was a, even like a similar kind of things where waking up early there was a time period in my life which is like it was bad for myself where I was like waking up in the morning at 7 a.m. streaming Dragon Ball till 11, going to class, going to work, coming home, streaming again, stuff like that. Or like waking up or, or like going to work in the morning, going to class after streaming when I get home or working like a 10 hour day, coming home and streaming and then editing after and stuff like that. Like stuff where I was just like, if I don't do this right now, I'm never going to do it. So let me just hammer it into my head. Like, I'm just do it right now. Like if I'm just going to not like, I always just say like, <laughs> say to myself, like, don't be a bitch and just do it. Like, just do it. Dude. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm that. Like as soon as I hit like the start streaming button, it can be seven in the morning. I'm like, let's go. I'll like, I'll, like rip into like the content mode and just a full send i'm, I just I'm like very it. similar so uh, i can totally relate to that 
Yeah, I am my own worst enemy when it comes to a lot of things, but also at the same time, I am my best ally when it comes to things. If I like open up the OBS and hit start streaming and I'm like, oh no self, I hit start streaming. Oh geez, oh god, and then I'm like, well, time to go into content mode, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's, I have to like trick myself, it's very, it's a very weird thing, but like my, my, my brain and body are, are, are an eternal war, I guess. You find what works, and it's unorthodox, but it works for you. And yeah, and uh, yeah, I've always there's like a bunch of people who are like, "Oh, how do you get this done, or how do you get that done?" In certain periods of my life, and I'm like, "God, don't ask me, please don't ask me, because what I'm that, doing is horrible." Don't bring those demons up, bro. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there was like time periods, especially yeah. during like Christmas season, when I used to work in the mall, where like I would work from like 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. and I would like wow. still wake up in the morning, stream, go yeah. to class, and then go to work come home at 3 a.m., sleep for four hours, wake up, do it all again. Wow. You you were really about that. And you know what? I think it shows over time. You've, you've yeah, yeah, I had I had this weird momentum going about me where I was like, if I don't keep up right now, like I was start when I first started to build an audience and people were starting to get to know me. If I was like, if I don't keep up right now, like I, I, I can lose everything. So I have to just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, stay on the treadmill, keep running. I don't care if my legs are tired. I have to keep running kind of thing looking back at that now do you realize maybe that's probably not the best uh way i to think tackle it or i think it it worked for a short amount of time but for how long i did it it definitely put long-term backlash and on my body and like uh stress and things and like gave me a wrong idea of how like this should work on a bigger picture instead of being more like planned and like you know like scheduled out and have things like pre-recorded pre-edited and all that stuff and like you know taking time out of one day that you're off instead of going out with friends and like you know working on stuff to make it so that the rest of the week isn't like go 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 um it definitely was a lot of hurt and like i kind of had to change uh, like almost everything about it like i'm a little bit more mia now i like i barely ever really stream right now uh i'm, I'm not too happy with the platform as a whole and i feel that if i have nothing to stream i shouldn't stream but uh and i should be doing it for other things which i was doing really good for a while but i gotta get back on the horse with that but that, that's a whole different thing but yeah that's kind of how i feel about it now I, I teach my i treat myself more like uh hey you're an adult you have life you have work you have a significant other you have family like you can't just be like go 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 all the time plus hey, now my now, now my body beats the shit out of me for it like i got back pains i got crohn's disease like yeah. i'm my body's like, hey, remember when you were trying to ignore me? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> How do we it's get him like, to stop? Uh, uh, just give him a chronic illness. Yeah. <laughs> He'll have it for the rest of his life. It'll make him slow down. <laughs> oh, like, okay, right, immune system, attack his stomach now. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. <laughs> well, I, I'm happy that, you know, we sort of uh, took a step back and we're a little bit healthier with that. Because... I mean, it, that it was impossible to keep it up forever. It was Absolutely. only a matter of time. And like, it kind of just everything happened at once. And I was like, full shutdown, everything went away. And I was like, got to teach myself to get back on the horse one step at a time. And like, I don't even think I'm fully year that there yet. But I think this year, I'm getting myself more prepared to do everything more seriously again, uh, which I am excited about. But like I said, pen to paper has got to happen for me. Uh, I want to create more. I want to create. I just have to create. You know, things have to go from want to do, pretty much. And if they think of me now and then, if they don't forget me, then our hearts will be
Do you think that tournament organizing is a thankless job? Is there anything you would change about it currently? Um, I think I've gone through a few different stages of it because I went from hosting offline events where like, I wouldn't say it's so much more thankless there because when it's at the small level, people are like, hey man, thanks for doing it. Like, let me carry a TV around for you. Let me set up the Wii for you. And you're like, ah, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. I've been here already five hours today. It's like haven't even had a cup of coffee or anything to eat or people being like, yo, I'm going to run next door. You want to drink those kinds of things. Like it's the small things like that, that I used to really like. Um, when it came to like transitioning to being more online focused, um, there are people who will straight up DM me or, you know, say post in discord or in chat, like, thank you for the tournament. It's always great to watch. It's always great to enter, blah, 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 which is nice. Um, but uh, it, it feels like a thankless job because you're just so tired after. And like mm. a lot of the time, like by the time people are saying thank you to you, your brain's fried for the night and you're like, ah, oh, this is just words right now. But uh, it's the long term stuff that people thank for thank thank you for that make you feel like you're leaving a good positive impact on the on the community. Sure. So it's it's thankless in the short term. But like if things like, you know, I used to run Dragon Ball tournaments and like I used to never really hear thank yous and stuff like that for it with the online. And then like, you know, a year later, people were like, I miss Tgrass net play tournaments. They were fun. They were ran well. Like we had a good time. Everything was good. And I was like, you know, like if people are missing something that I'm doing, like that's clearly a thank you. Like they were they were they Absolutely. didn't have to say it like people were enjoying it. And, uh, you know, that's. That, that's more than enough for me. Hey, and I think that's great to hear because sometimes uh, hear people talk, and I'm gonna talk about or tournament organizers. I'm just talking about people in general where they're just like, oh yeah, you know what, F you. Should have just been grateful at that time. Right, you don't people, know what you have until it's gone. Yeah. Kind of thing. And people don't know. I tried my best to immerse myself in the sort of TO world. I went to a local, I asked the TOs a bunch of questions, right? I ran a couple of online tournaments like two or three just to see how that experience was i you know i volunteered with, for uh grassroots to see how it's run in a, a massive scale and uh there's a lot going on is there something you want to share with uh players or people outside of this sort of realm of the fgc uh to sort of give insight uh yeah i think that people just think that toing is like the day of the event kind of thing where it's like uh unless things are very streamlined like having a weekly that is the same thing and only the same thing like guilty grassroots is only guilty gear on a certain day of a certain week at a certain time always so it makes it easier to do things but like running something like a local it is so hard to do it takes months and months to even get in with a venue like like there was like time periods where like we're going around to every comic book every gaming store every everything and within like 25 miles and being like hey i do this thing we've done a bunch of stuff for the community and like we can make some business for your store can we get into a meeting and talk about like logistics and money and like it's a lot of money spending on stuff that you'll never get back like overall as a to throughout the last eight years i've got to say i must have spent at least ten thousand dollars on tournaments that i've never seen come back like uh that's not the part where i think it's like thankless but it's like it's the part people don't realize is that people are like oh you know this part of the community makes money and this part of the community makes money is that like you only see it when people make the money but like there are so many people I mean, i'm mostly pre-covid that are going out of their way 
and buy multiple PS4s and multiple copies of games and monitors and bring things to venues and then give venues money so that you guys can come and spend $5 to give back to the TO to maybe mitigate some loss to like have your event every week, every bi-weekly, every monthly. Like there are so many moving parts. It literally is a job that you can never clock out for. Like there were time periods where like, you know, it's like day of the event, you have all that stuff that goes on in the normal event stuff, right? Then the next day you got wrap up, talk to people, talk to venue again, see if you can come back next week. Then the day after that, you got promo starting, reminders, inviting, picking, figuring out carpools for rides. You have to pick up people from the train. You have to figure out if you can get off from work. Do you have like, uh, you know, oh, there's a problem with the venue. Maybe we have to start an hour late. We have to adjust the whole schedule. We have to create the Smash GG. We have to create the Facebook page when we were doing that. We have to create the Smash, uh, what is it? The, um, the Smashboards page. We had to do all that stuff. Like, all that stuff was getting created like one day after another, after another, after another. It's like you come up from your nine to five and you're like, hey, I got to call the venue. Can we come through this week? No, we can't. OK, well, we'll let's see if we can find a different venue or can someone else host a session instead at someone's house so we can all just get together and play again. And then like you go to these events and like if it was like a session where you're not necessarily hosting again, but you're telling people, like, hey, show up at this guy's house at this time, guy's time, like you like get to sit back and people are like oh man like this is so easy isn't it always so easy to do this and you're like no like i'm literally just drove like 30 miles to this kid's house with 10 crts and 10 wii's in my trunk and like <laughs> like it's it's a lot of work and it never ends and it's just uh it's stressful it's not a lot of people can do it a lot of people think they can do it it's not a lot of people who can really do it yeah so i agree with that completely that it's a skill and that not a lot of people can do it so maybe uh can we talk about and maybe outline i know you mentioned it before but what are some skills that you think a person would need in order to properly run a tournament and run it well because i think it's also important to run a tight ship uh, as you've proven yourself i think you have to be someone who is okay with doing a lot of things for people and never getting anything back i think you have to be okay with uh like always having this revolving schedule and never really getting to like clock out or anything i think you need to be like really great with customer service from like a regular business standpoint but also just be a genuine people person like if you're like a grouch and no one wants to come to your local if you're like a, an asshole you're like oh you're five minutes late for bracket we're gonna dq you and take your money and stuff like that you have to just like be very empathetic for people and like understand that like all the heat that that will get like thrown at you is like something you just have to take like you can get you know all these different things from players and spectators and stream watchers and venues like everyone can ends up yelling back at you and it's just like you have to be able to mentally take that kind of thing and you have to be really strong-headed to to understand uh all everything that's going on all at once you know i feel like a lot of people just outside to be this one big entity and once you get inside it's like ooh, that's not the case there's like five different tribes right, right? even more than that right yeah, like of course yeah it's like it's like you walk in through the main door of a building and then there's 10 doors in front of you and then inside those doors there's two more doors or three more doors or four more doors and you're just like it's like ah, i like fighting games 
oh, I like Smash, Inside Smash. Oh, there's like five Smash games. Oh, I like this Smash. It's like, oh, I like singles or doubles. I like doubles more. Let me go to this store. It's like, oh, I only like playing online. So let me go to this store and going in that. So you're going through door, through door, through door, sub community to sub community to sub community to sub community to find like the real nitty gritty of all of that. Like, uh, it, it's people were like, oh, DFGC. It's like, you don't even like know like <laughs> half the games people are playing. Like, Yes. You know, all those like <laughs> tournaments that have all these crazy side brackets like, you know, like Shaq Fu or Def Jam or like Naruto GTN 4 or any of that stuff. Like all of these things are part of the community. And like you could just be like, I like Street Fighter. I don't know what any of that stuff is. Yeah. Or like, you know, there's people who play Smash who like when we used to come to our locals and be like, what is that game? We're like, what? That's Tekken. And they're like, what is it? It's like it's like MMA, but like <laughs> way more whimsical. And yeah. like ridiculous and people are like that's so cool how do i play i'm like do you own a ps4 they're like no do you own a pc they're like no they're like then you're coming here to come play it like that's it like this is the only time you're gonna get to play is to come here and then like you know like these these doors they, they interconnect at some point right there's people that play a lot of different games together but like it's so niche inside of niche inside of niche to get where you like in the scene or where people that you like are it's a lot. It's a it lot. is a lot. It's it's a lot. Now I'm starting to think of like uh, the FGC is like a mall, right? Yeah, you it is kind of like a mall. Different stores. It's like a, it, or you could even just think of it like a strip mall. Like like literally like yep. There's like one big parking lot, but there's ten different stores inside, and those stores all sell different things, and some of them sell more than one thing, and like. You know, how can you go about that? Like, oh, there's a restaurant, but right next to it, there's like a Walgreens, and right next to that Walgreens is like a, an Old Navy, and like. All these things are so different they're right next to each other and like it's like oh the guys from old navy go to the restaurant the guys from the restaurant shop at old navy for their clothes it's like whoa all of it interconnects yeah and then sometimes they play cards behind the dumpster which is supposed to be the melty blood bracket right <laughs> right 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 <laughs> yeah so you know that, that's that's actually a really good analogy and i hope you know some of the people in the community sort of take home some of the messages that we've explained so far that uh, you know, we don't want to constantly harp on players and other people uh, that don't think the TOs because quite frankly, it's one of those things where it might not just come to your mind immediately. It's not right. super obvious to do so. So to answer the question, yes and no. Is it a thankless job? Sometimes, but yeah. it's rewarding, uh, especially if you're a part of that community. Yeah, I think it's like the similar thing as like everyone's like, oh, Street Fighter Five is a bad game. Like, haha, we'll point and laugh at Street Fighter is like, it's like a meme at that. It's yeah. like a meme, but it's kind of serious at the same time where it's like people have legitimate gripes with something, so like they don't like it. But it's the same thing as like, yeah, it's it's the thankless job. But it's like, yo, there are so many other thankless jobs in this scene. There are so many other thankless jobs. There's way more than the thankless jobs and there are like thankful jobs most of the time the people who get thanked are the people who win stuff they're like thanks for playing so well and putting on a exactly. good time and even at that point that's not always true too because sometimes you could win a tournament and be like you're carried you're trash why are you jumping like or if you're using a low tier it's like no one knows the matchup you're just cheap right. like yeah, yeah you're just cheesing and blah 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 it's a fluke it's just like you can't make everybody happy, uh, especially not in a scene that is so diverse, but yet so connected at the same time. Like you got people like quote retweeting something about Dragon Ball and it's like, bro, you don't even play that game. Like 
what are you talking about? Or like, yeah. you know, like every like average Twitter goer is like, oh, fucking smash players and shit like that. It's like, bro, you don't even play that. You're not even in that subgenre of the community. You're just literally talking out of your ass. You don't know what's going on. You ain't even shopped in that store before. They got great sales. You can't afford that store, first of all. Yeah, facts. <laughs> Bro, you can't even afford to play Grand Blue. Them DLCs be like $14.99 for one character, three costumes, and a sword. That's it. Now, answer me this. What do you think would be like the Foot Locker FGs? The Foot Locker as in like, you know, having like exclusive things and stuff like that, like shoes and like drops and, and yeah. things? Yeah. Foot Locker... FGC. As far as a game goes, Foot Locker of the FGC. I don't know. There's not a lot of limited time stuff ever in fighting games. I guess like Dragon Ball has some of that stuff where it's, but it's not like it's like very small collectibles that don't really matter for in-game stuff. Or like there's some of the colors that are like that, but something that's like a bit more exclusive and high end. I don't know yet. I don't think we have a Foot Locker to be honest. I think we have a lot of WalMarts. We have a lot Walmart and Costco and BJ's. You know, yes, we have all three of those. Yes. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. It's not like we don't. We don't have like a Chanel or a Coach inside the scene. We don't have either. a Gucci like, store. Yeah, we don't have a Gucci store. I feel <laughs> yeah. like sometimes people think Street Fighter's the Gucci store, and then it's like, yeah, I don't know about that. That's like the Fuji store, then you know. Fuji. <laughs> That's like the uh, the street in like Chinatown. Right? Yeah, right, right. Where you're like, oh, you got a Coach handbag? You're like, no, bro. This Foch, like, it's 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 the same thing though. Yeah, this is kind of a broad question, but I'm curious. As to your insights, you know, being a TO yourself, what do you think the future of uh, tournament organizing is? And uh, do you think it's going to be called EOs now, event organizing? Um, as far as when it comes to offline events, I think the future is to make things less just like we're going across the country to play Street Fighter or like, you know, we're going across the country to play these games. It's going to be like we're going across the country for a weekend. That's like a celebration of all these universes. Like, I feel like Smash has done this the best because their majors are like we only have like two or three games, but like there's so many vendors and like cool custom things and like fan meetups. You can get in line to get a picture with Mango and stuff like that and all these like cool different deals it's like go to the geico booth and like show them your insurance card and they'll uh give you free stuff and you're like sick and especially since i went to twitchcon in 2019 i'm like yeah smash is doing it right they got the red bull booth you go there you hang out for an hour you get a free red bull and like they, they get to talk to you about products and stuff and they get free product placement and you get a free red bull and you're like i just saved four bucks like i'm oh, i'm yeah. down with hanging out for an hour sure. you know and stuff like that i want fighting game tournaments to be like I don't know. They have to be more than they. Uh, they have to be more like conventions, and I think that would be yes. really cool. Like, yes. uh, like uh, a lot of stuff with like Rick the Hado or being like Evo and Combo Breaker are gonna be bigger. And if they're more like, if they are, end up being more like conventions, I think it'd be cool because everyone has said I've seen it all over Twitter where people are like, if you are under twenty one years old, do not go to Evo. It's the worst experience of your life. You can't even walk in half the buildings because you're they're gonna card they're gonna card you at the door. Uh, and you know, like if you're not 21, like you have to get escorted past the ballroom into like the place where the tournament is and like going to the Mandalay Bay and all these casinos and everything. It's like, it's Vegas. Like, you know, Vegas, it's a cool yeah. tournament if you're like in your twenties or thirties, but like, if you're like, 
a 17 year old kid that is really good at street fighter and you're like i want to go to evo it's just like it's a shitty experience for you but if it's like way more can i i would honestly i was gonna sound crazy this might be a hot take but like if evo moved to like california and they put it in california and and just was it at like the san diego convention center and made it like some crazy giant celebration where like all the dev companies are there and you get to try out betas and like buy concept art and merch and stuff like that and then you have like the uh like the um grassroots vendors that are all just like indies. selling their like cool indie like games. that are yeah like yeah. indies and stuff like that all that stuff is super cool and you get to you know get to see all that and it's like meet and greet for you know like whoever like justin wong or whatever like justin's gonna be sit down for an hour and he's gonna sign pictures and stuff like that and like there are people that go out of their way already at events to do that if it was more structured it would probably be better it would be really really cool like I I, I, that's that's my hope for like big stuff um I think things will change a little bit more with online tournaments. Uh, the one thing I would like, and is already kind of happening, but I would like more, is for people to just respect the online scene a yes. lot more. Uh, when I first started running Dragon Ball tournaments, this was pre-COVID online. Um, I was started running tournaments. Literally, like half the reason was like I was playing with people that were some of the best Dragon Ball players in the fucking game at the time, and they played on PC, which was the at the time the like stepsister or stepchild of like the Dragon Ball games. And these kids had nowhere to play. These people were out in like the middle, the middle of Ohio. And they're like, there's no local for two hours. And I'm like, I got you. I'm going to put you on display. People are going to know your name. People are going to see you in brackets winning stuff. Like we're going to get boosts from the community and the growth because people like watching tournaments in the scene. And I just would love uh, for people to be like, oh, you're an online player and like whatever that is like to stop being a thing because like more often than not, there have been a lot of people that started out as online players that are now top class players like Cloud 805 was an online Marvel 3 kid straight up was an online player in like the worst netcode a game has ever had ever <laughs> yeah. and yeah. like is now like a like top tier like S tier player amongst fighting games, you know? Like you gotta respect the game. Like people will put the people will find their own way to grind. If they really want to get better, they'll either play online and figure it out, or they'll only play training mode and figure it out. Like or they'll go to locals and figure it out. There, there is a grind for everyone in the scene. I just wish all aspects of it were kind of um respected. Equally. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know it's starting to the scene wants to be kept grassroots. There's plenty of older people out in the crowd that want era of the arcade thing. Uh, and online is just the natural progression. I'm going to be completely honest. This might be a hot take. But if you want to keep things grassroots, shout out. If you want to <laughs> keep things actually, you know, open to the public, then like this online space is a place where anyone can just hop in embody some people no matter yeah. where you are and that's the interesting thing because like let's be real not everyone can go to a local not everyone has a local to go to, right right uh so unless if those resources get easier to access or uh someone just makes a local in your area not much you could do and you yeah. want to play the game you want to get good play online and don't let anyone right. take that away from you the one thing I will say that's like good from the COVID era is that a lot 
of things like Arc Revo, online tournament. And yeah. like I would like to see when like uh you know offline becomes comes back in full force, like real real this time. Like uh I would like there to be online qualifiers for Arc Revo, not and alongside offline qualifiers for Arc Revo for so that some kid that lives in, you know, Mexico or the DR or can't find a scene anywhere. He's from like Akron, Ohio. I don't even know if there's a scene there, but like can win an online tournament and they will win a spot in Arc Arc Revo. Sorry for whacking the mic. Like which, which, I think yeah. I think with all these games coming out with rollback and m- most of them doing pretty well with the rollback, like there's no excuse to like to leave these things out like Dragon Ball Fighters has had online qualifiers for their Tenkaichi events, and that game's netcode sucks dick and balls at the same time. <laughs> like, imagine a game back in the day like Killer Instinct that had it, or a game like, uh, even like Marvel Infinite that was played, that had pretty good online, stuff like that. Like, a lot of stuff that things like Skullgirls is doing, if everyone did it, we'd be in a different, we'd be in a different scene. Like, if, if their respect was given... And people like treated things legitimately and companies accepted that their game can be played online and still do great things. The the scene would change forever. Absolutely. And I think for the better. Too. Well, yeah, uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, right. But things are on the upcoming. I, right, I think th- th- I think things are going in the right direction for sure. Absolutely. All right, T. Well, it's been a blast. I think we're coming up on that time now. So egress. Why don't you tell the people back home where can we find you? There's anything exciting that you're doing for the future, events that you're running, stuff like that. You have the floor. Uh, okay, uh, you can check out Guilty Grassroots, the Guilty Gear Strive PC tournament every Wednesday now at 7.45 Eastern. Uh, you can find any of that out through my Discord or my Twitter. Uh, my Twitter and TikTok are both at tgrass 715 Everywhere else, you can just find me as Tgrass, YouTube, Twitch, probably LinkedIn. I don't even know. Um, you can find me anywhere there. Uh, content stuff, the O2ish podcast. We want to do more stuff in 2022. We're off to a, a slow start for the year, but we still want a ton of stuff to happen. And I think we have some real hopes and to take things to the next level. Personally, for content, uh, I'd like to say that I'd want to stream more. Um, I'd like to say that. I don't know if I'm going to say that. But I'd like to say it, uh, and I'm just trying to grind my uh, grind like TikTok a little bit, really grind YouTube and taking myself into a different direction as a creator, and just kind of uh, the vast knowledge that comes along with it, and just entertain more people. So if you're coming for the ride, uh, if there's one social you want to check out for me, I'd appreciate it if it would be YouTube because I'm very close to 1,000 subscribers at the time of recording this. So I'm hoping that uh, you know 2022 is the year, and I want to thank everyone. If you made it all the way through the episode uh, for watching, appreciate that. Thank you. Go follow Tgrass. Uh, I'm personally excited to see this new season content that'll be coming. And that is all Tgrass has for us today. As always, if you like what you see, like, comment, subscribe, especially leave a comment and take care. <laughs>